Welcome everyone to the second episode of Settlement Nation. I am your co-host Courtney Barber and I'm here with my other co-host Chris Boer. And today we have a very exciting guest all the way from Wyoming. We have Grant Lawson. Now to give you a little bit of a background on Grant, he is a plaintiff attorney uh, that started out with the Jerry Spence firm in 2007 from law school. He's sort of been with him for a decade. He was also a faculty for the Trial Lawyers College and uh, since 2018 has been working with the Matera firm, which is very well known around these parts. And that's not all. He's also the president-elect of the Wyoming Trial Lawyers Association and the chair-elect of the Modal Vehicle Collision and Premises Liability for AAJ. So welcome, Grant. Thank you. Pleasure to be here with you guys. Thanks, Grant. Thanks for coming on. So something that I didn't mention in your extensive bio, which I really I found really interesting when I read up about you, is that you were a wild land, wildfire fireman. And first of all, how did that come about? And then what when you were doing that job, how did some of those, I guess, attributes or skills then carry over into becoming a plaintiff attorney? Yeah, so uh, in college, my uh, two best friends and roommates uh, went down that path of becoming wildland firefighters. And so I, of course, had to give it a shot and uh, quickly became uh, what's called a hotshot. I was on a hotshot crew. And uh, boy, we had some incredible experiences traveling around the Western United States, fighting fires uh, in almost every state in the West. And it taught me a lot about life. It provided a lot of incredible life experiences, uh, including you know working for 30 hours straight, sleeping on a fire line up in the mountains, uh, sleeping on top of a mountain peak, watching fireworks from some town miles and miles away uh, while we we're out of fire, uh, helicopter rides, lightning strikes, crazy fire experiences. Uh, but it taught me mostly about the importance of teamwork and trust and hard work. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the, the three things that you absolutely have to have in that world uh, to survive because it's very dangerous um, and at all times you've got to be able to not only trust the people you work with but you've got to work hard and, um, and, and be part of the team. Yeah. So coming from that, what inspired you to go to law school and become an attorney? So I always had a, a desire to learn about the law uh, from an early age. And uh, even when I was uh, a young kid, I said, someday I'm going to go to law school. I didn't really know what it meant until I got a little bit older. Um, but I, I just think that lawyers are the people who protect the, the majority of us from uh, mistakes made by big government, corporations, uh, and, and overreaching of power. And so those, are the, um, those were the things that kind of built my foundation for what I wanted to do as a lawyer uh, and led me to where I am today. Okay. So you're with a, a respected firm in Wyoming. What are some of the maybe obstacles or challenges that you have practicing at a firm like that in Wyoming versus if that firm was in a, a big city like Denver? Sure. Well, uh, Wyoming is has an entire population of 500,000 people, which is less than the number of antelope or buffalo or anything <laughs> else in the state. Um, so, you know, mainly what we're looking at is, um, is that you have a, a sense of smaller population base. Your case selection is much different. It's not a, it's not a high volume uh, situation. It's more uh, industry, uh, blue collar, natural resources based work up there. So a lot of job site accidents, people getting hurt on the job. 
uh, a lot of trucking related accidents. Uh, so I, that's where I built my focus over the years, even though I, I did get my start uh, in civil rights cases when I was working with uh, Jerry Spence and his firm uh, and taking on uh, wrongful shootings and wrongful death cases, civil rights cases. But that kind of transitioned into me becoming more uh, centered in working on trucking related cases, uh, oil field and industrial accidents, uh, and some other product liability matters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something Chris and I were talking about is how different those cases are to say for a firm in Los Angeles, they're not really getting any oil field explosions or pipeline accidents. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those types of cases that you've worked on and how you know, that comes about that they find you or, and what it's like when, when this happens and someone gives you a call? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the oil field is a very dangerous place to be. It's a very dangerous place to work. Uh, not because it's just you know flammables, explosives, and you're you're dealing with oil and gas, but uh, the machinery uh, and all the moving parts and all the moving pieces and people there, and uh, there are numerous different contractors involved, and so people have to rely on each other to do their jobs. And there's a lot of dangerous elements, and if somebody's not doing their job, it can cost the health and safety of somebody who's not even who doesn't even know uh, that's not even part of the same team or part of the same group, and so. Um, these oil and gas cases uh, are just fascinating and although there's a lot of similarities there's something different each time because there's so many different aspects of the drilling completions and um, operations that go on there and so uh, I, I guess I developed kind of a niche practice there where I really really became knowledgeable with these oil field cases and so people have sought me out to help uh, and I do a lot of co-counseling with people from around the country who have these cases uh, because it, it really pays to know what goes on out there, how it goes on, what the culture is, mm -hmm. how that industry works, and, uh, and, and who's accountable. So we're going to have a lot of attorneys on this podcast uh, over the coming episodes. And one thing we're going to ask all of them is, what is something that you know now that maybe you wish you knew as an attorney five or even ten years ago? Um, I think probably uh, the best answer to that question from my perspective is the, uh, the trust um, that I could have in myself. Uh, I, you know, I, there were times, a lot of times I doubted my abilities, my talents, my, um, my, my courage um, in representing the people that I represent. And... Uh, and I probably didn't take as many risks in trying to fight for the people that I represent. And now knowing the, that I have that confidence and courage, uh, I do things differently. And I wish I could go back and do some things uh, differently, you know, five, 10 years ago that, um, that I would do now. Yeah. And I think too, you know, on that note, working with your clients and now having that confidence to know what you're doing and, and really wanting to fight for the, for justice, you know, do you have a client's story or something or someone that you've worked with in the past that at the time when you're working on it, you know, you're, you're trying to get the best outco outcome for them, but then later on you find that it's really impacted you later in your life as you think back on that, either that case or that person? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've told this story before to a lot of people and I, I'll continue to tell it because it's very meaningful to me, but uh, early on in my career, uh, I was able to... Uh, represent. I was um, blessed to represent the family of a, a young man. I think he was 27 years old at the time uh, when he was killed out in the oil field. 
And at that time, it was before uh, I had my own kids. Um, it was before I had my, my first golden retriever. And the family and I became so close that uh, I, I, I stepped into the role of kind of being there for them through the, the whole process. And uh, I really identified with the young man who was killed. He was from Wyoming. I came from a, a very similar family, loved to do all the outdoor activities I did. Um, and I had to fight for his family. He had a, he had a young child at the time he left behind uh, and a great uh, set of parents and, and a sister. And that shaped me. It shaped me in every which way going forward because now I've looked at life so much differently and how important it is uh, to cherish every day and to know that there, you may not come home. Every time you leave the house, you may not come home. Um, and to, to really love those that are around you um, and not forget what matters most. And so that, yeah, that case, uh, that case has stuck with me and that was very early on and I, I still think about it today. Yeah. Those are good lessons for all of us. Um, switching gears a little bit, as Courtney mentioned earlier, you started out with Jerry Spence, who's arguably uh, the most famous plaintiff attorney in the, in the history of the United States. Tell us a little bit about how uh, it was to work with him, his firm, and, and being mentored by Jerry. So uh, it was absolutely just dumb luck, and, and maybe because I am from Wyoming that I um, somehow convinced Jerry and his firm to give me an internship <laughs> while I was in law school. And so uh, Jerry is one of the greatest, uh, I mean, just by far one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. Uh, but I'll tell an interesting story. I, I think it was sometime in the middle of the summer when I was interning for him, and he decided to take me along uh, on his airplane to fly down to California to go present to some military attorneys on, um, on how to do Vordire and how to be real. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was so nervous, and I, I dressed up in this fancy suit and put on my gold watch, and I, and I got in the plane with him, and I sat down, next to him in this seat and he's there reading his paper and he puts his paper down and he looks at me and then he looks at my wrist and then he looks back up at me and he's like you take that gold watch off before we land and I was I was <laughs> petrified I was absolutely petrified yes sir yes sir you know I took that thing off immediately and he says Grant we don't want people to think that with all this money and power as lawyers that we're out buying expensive jewelry. And, I was, and so I got the lesson. It was to be real, just be who we are, especially from Wyoming. You know, we, we don't wear fancy suits. And right. We don't wear gold watches and we don't do those things. So don't try to be somebody you're not and, and just be real. Uh, be who you are. Be the person that the jury needs to see and mm -hmm. and so yeah but it was a it was a great experience I was very fortunate to go to work for Jerry and his firm and uh, I jumped immediately into high-profile cases around the country that I had no not never in my wildest dreams that I think I'd be a part of uh, and learned from the best lawyers in America uh, and I, I can't I can't thank him and, and that team enough for letting me in the door and, and becoming uh, who I am today. So I know that you do a lot of trucking cases, and uh, from an earlier conversation that we had, 
I know that you went and actually learned how to drive one of these uh, 18-wheelers at night, and I know other trucking attorneys that have done that as well. What did that teach you, and how, how did the lessons that you learned doing that, uh, how did you integrate that into how you litigate those types of cases? So uh, I was part of the first, the, the inaugural class of uh, lawyers that uh, got to go be part of a trucking school for lawyers, so to speak, uh, with the Legacy Group out of Billings, Montana. Some of the most amazing, some of the best trucking lawyers, if not the best trucking lawyers in the country, and, uh, and, and teachers, people who uh, actually drive truck, teach about mm-hmm. uh, truck driver safety, those sort of things. And um, I spent days up there learning, not only getting in these giant 18-wheeler vehicles, you know, these big, big rigs, and driving them around, uh, and learning about perception time and reaction time and the importance of your field of view and the mirrors that you have and where you got to watch and the weight of this vehicle and how it feels to brake and, and all of those incredibly important aspects. And I walked out of there with this enormous, enormous respect for these giant heavy vehicles and how just how important it is that anybody that steps behind or sits behind the wheel of one of those giant rigs has to know what they're doing and has to be on point, paying attention, dialed in at all times because they are, they're not like driving a truck or a car. They are a 50 to 80,000 pound missile on the road that command respect. And, uh, and so, uh, yes, I, I walked away not only with the respect of that, but just, also being having a real world perspective when I go in and I sit down in a deposition with a truck driver or I'm in trial and there's a truck driver on the stand or, or one of the corporate reps, I know what it's like to, to sit in that truck. I, I mean, someday I'll get my CDL just to, to put my money where my mouth is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it really helps me in identifying what a truck driver is thinking, what he's doing, what he should be thinking, what he should be doing, what he, all of those things that come into play in these these trucking accidents so absolutely and I was going to say on that point you know you take your craft very seriously you've been a trial attorney now for over a decade work with Jerry Spence you've been on the faculty you've taught other trial lawyers what are some tips or some skills wisdom I guess we could say that you can impart on other trial lawyers that are listening to this today that maybe are starting out or they've been working for years but they just they don't have the edge that say someone like maybe yourself has. What's something that you say is just information or something they should be doing that's going to give them the edge over you know everyone else? Don't discount your own courage. Don't walk away from your own courage and your own abilities based on fear. Fear is what drives people to make bad decisions in this practice, in this world that we are in. The fear of money, the fear of losing, the fear of the unknown, the fear of whether I'm good enough, and all of those things end up costing your client, costing you um, not just money, but true justice. And, And then it, unfortunately, uh, that goes back into everybody else being treated differently and 
and it gives lawyers a bad name or it gives the industry, the, especially the insurance industry, the ability to, to, uh, to cheapen case values because people um, get scared and settle cheap or, or you know things like that. So along those lines, I would say don't be afraid to reach out to those who can help you because there's hundreds, if not thousands, of lawyers like me out there who want nothing more than to help other lawyers get better and do the best that they can. And, and that's, that's just out there for the taking. So don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to look, um, don't, or be ashamed to, to go out and, and have people help you. Um, get the knowledge, go get trained up, go to courses, learn, um, and practice, 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 practice to develop your own courage and strength to overcome this giant battle we have on a daily basis of fighting these billion-dollar insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so before we wrap up, uh, in these earlier conversations that we've had with you, getting to know you a little bit more, I know some extreme things uh, have have happened to you. Uh, I was hoping maybe you could touch on a few of those and just give our audience oh, a little boy. bit more perspective on your life. Well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep to the ones that are appropriate for our listeners here today, <laughs> I guess. Um, but, you know, one, one idea or one example that comes to mind, uh, being from Wyoming, uh, I developed a passion for the outdoors early on as a, as a kid and, and became a big-time fisherman and, and hunter and backpacker and, you know, outdoorsman. Uh, and when I was in my young 20s, like me and my uh, best friends would – backpack into the wilderness, uh, the wild, wild wilderness of Wyoming, uh, to do hunting. And uh, there was a day where I was sitting on top of a ridge, and naturally, uh, like anybody, I think, in their right mind should, I, I have a strong fear of bears, uh, because bears, you can't control them, they're unpredictable, and, and of course, and coming from Wyoming, you hear the horror stories of what they can do to people. So anyways, we were out one day, and of course I'm nervous as, uh, to begin with, sitting up on top of this mountaintop in the wild where I know there's bears everywhere. And sitting across from this big giant bowl, mountain bowl, and I'm watching with my binoculars, and I hear something rustling behind me in the, the woods. And then it turns into crashing, and it's getting louder, and I look over at the guy, and I'm tapping him on the shoulder. I'm like, are you hearing this? And he, he's just, whatever. No, he wasn't paying attention to me. And it's getting louder, and all of a sudden it gets to the point where there's like trees crashing down behind me, and I, I had just enough time to stand up and look behind me, and here's a bear charging at me. And he gets within 10 yards, you know, less than 30 feet, probably 20 feet. And we make eye contact. And I was frozen like a statue. You know, all these times in my head I imagined I'd pull my, my bear spray out or I'd pull my pistol out and I'd be ready to go on this bear. And in the moment, the true moment, the test moment, I froze like a statue. And the bear froze like a statue. And we looked at each other for a split second. And then he turned around and he ran away. And it was the most, I mean, I, it was probably one of the coolest experiences absent the the fact that my heart did stop for some time you know and and it was i was absolutely scared out of my mind but um 
yeah, that that was something that you know not many people can probably say they've ever experienced. <laughs> That's crazy. I was gonna say, and that probably right your your courage and you know your time as a as a fireman everything yeah. comes into play because. Obviously, in Australia, we have many animals that will attack and eat you, but I'm very afraid of bears myself, and I'm waiting for the day that I have to face off, and in my mind, you know, I'm going to be like Indiana Jones and, and charge it, but I know I'm going to be screaming and running the other way, so I'm glad <laughs> that uh, you've told me what to do. Yeah. Um, Grant, just so that, you know, our listeners can get in touch with you, give us a plug, contact information, how do people get in touch with you, where do they learn more informa information about what you do sure. and your practice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my practice, is I'm a partner uh, with the Material Law Firm. We're based out of Fort Collins, Colorado and have offices uh, around the country. Um, and I've actually got my satellite office up in Wyoming. And uh, I, would love, um, I would love to hear from any listener. Uh, so please reach out to me, uh, email me, call me, whatever uh love to hear from you it's a uh, grant at mater m-e-t-i-e-r-l-a-w.com and uh my office line's 307-237-3800 uh anything else guys so on that? if an attorney that's listening wants to co-counsel a case with you or, or work on a referral you're licensed in colorado wyoming and montana is that right that's right yep um and working on uh washington state right now as well but uh yeah i'm licensed in those three states and actively practicing uh in those three states but i'm also co-counseling in other cases coming in as trial counsel uh, in cases uh, around the country, actually, not just the, not just the Rocky Mountains at this gotcha. point. So, yeah. Great. Now. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on Settlement Nation Grant. We really appreciate it. For our, all of our listeners, make sure you like, review, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and uh, look forward to uh, having you join us for our next episode. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys.